From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for today comes from Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Without shedding of blood is no remission. This is the voice of unalterable truth. In none of the Jewish ceremonies were sins, even typically, removed without bloodshedding. In no case, by no means, can sin be pardoned without atonement. It is clear, then, that there is no hope for me out of Christ, for there is no other blood-shedding which is worth a thought as an atonement for sin. Am I, then, believing in Him? Is the blood of His atonement truly applied to my soul? All men are on a level as to their need of Him. If we be never so moral, generous, amiable, or patriotic— the rule will not be altered to make an exception for us. Sin will yield to nothing less potent than the blood of him whom God hath set forth as a propitiation. What a blessing that there is one way of pardon. Why should we seek another? Persons of merely formal religion cannot understand how we can rejoice that all our sins are forgiven us for Christ's sake. Their works and prayers and ceremonies give them very poor comfort, And well may they be uneasy, for they are neglecting the one great salvation and endeavoring to get remission without blood. My soul, sit down and behold the justice of God as bound to punish sin. See that punishment all executed upon thy Lord Jesus, and fall down in humble joy, and kiss the dear feet of him whose blood has made atonement for thee. It is in vain when conscience is aroused to fly to feelings and evidences for comfort. This is a habit which we learned in the Egypt of our legal bondage. The only restorative for a guilty conscience is a sight of Jesus suffering on the cross. The blood is the life thereof, says the Levitical law, and let us rest assured that it is the life of faith and joy and every other holy grace. Oh, how sweet to view the flowing of my Savior's precious blood, with divine assurance knowing He has made my peace with God. 
One of the hallmarks of Protestant Christianity is its tradition of singing. Just as the worship in the Old Testament was characterized by song, so the people of God down through the ages have been a singing people. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a CD entitled Our Great Redeemer's Praise that contains nearly an hour of the great hymns of the church performed by the various musical groups of Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. The CD is available free of charge to our Let the Bible Speak listeners. To obtain a copy, you may contact us by email, by telephone, or by regular mail. You may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Ask for your free copy of Our Great Redeemer's Praise. On today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues a message entitled, He Has Done All Things Well. The scripture narrative in Mark chapter 7 contains the record of Christ performing many miracles of healing in the area of Decapolis, a predominantly Gentile region. Many came to him with various diseases and conditions, but the focus is upon a man who was deaf and dumb. Jesus employed an unusual method in this instance, but the man was immediately healed, causing the people to exclaim of Christ, He hath done all things well. The healing power of Christ goes far beyond the physical need, for He is the healer of sick and wounded souls. None who come to Him by faith will be sent away empty, for He is able to do exceedingly abundant above all we ask or think by His almighty power. Now Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of this message. He has done all things well. You talk to anybody who writes, the most difficult thing in writing is to depict a beautiful character 
and make it real. You talk to an actor. I remember talking to Dr. Bob Jones Jr. Those of you who knew Bob Jones Jr. know he was an actor of professional ability and superlative powers. But those of you who knew, knew Dr. Bob will know that the parts that he really liked were the parts of the villains. He could play the villain. Man, could he play a villain. But when he had to act the part of a good person, it's very difficult to make that person real, to have a real heartbeat, to make that person more than a cardboard or plastic cut-out look-alike of a man. That says a whole lot, of course, about our fallen human nature, but I'm not going to get into that. Just saying, Shakespeare and all the great English writers put them all together and they could not concoct the picture of a perfect man. Couldn't do it. And yet here in the Gospels we have four unlettered men and they don't set out to write a biography. They simply, as eyewitnesses, or in the case of one reporting an eyewitness, sorry, case of two reporting eyewitnesses, they give us the life of the perfect man. Never been a life like Christ's life. He did everything right. He did everything well. And when he came to die, those who had listened to him speak had had to say, never man speak like this man. Now when he comes to die, in effect they have to say, never man died like this man. Even the heathen Romans standing around the foot of the cross, they said, surely this was a righteous man. Surely this was the Son of God. He hath done all things well. What is so well done about his death is that that death set out to accomplish certain things, and it succeeded. It satisfied the wrath of God. The wrath of God that was my due upon the Lamb was led. It satisfied God's wrath. It extinguished the fires and the fury of hell for every believer. It put away sin. It reconciled us guilty sinners unto a holy God. It bridged the chasm between heaven and earth, between God and man. It opened the gates of heaven to everyone who believeth. Oh, he has done all things well. They led him in a tomb. But death could not hold its prey. Jesus, my Savior... He tore the bars away, Jesus my Lord, and up from the grave he arose. He hath done all things well. He rose from the dead. The Russian communists fossilized Lenin's body, well, almost, and had it there for people to go in and look and worship their fallen 
God. What a, what, what a sight. A bunch of atheists going in to look at their little God lying as a corpse preserved. But what was true of Lenin's true of everyone, atheist or not? Every great religious leader, every founder of religions died and was buried. But Jesus died and rose again. He has done all things well. And he's still doing them well. For he's at God's right hand. And uh, as the scriptures picture it, he bears the names of his people like the high priest upon his shoulders, saying that with all his strength he's holding them up before God. He bears those names over his heart so that with all the love and compassion and sympathy of his being, he is holding them up before God. He is pleading for us. He is interceding for us. He is now appearing for us at the right hand of God. Thank God he's doing it well. And when he comes again, he'll do that well too. When he comes as the lightning out of the east, he'll come in one moment, suddenly, unexpectedly, gloriously, personally, bodily, he will come again. When he raises the dead, he'll do it well. People get perplexed. How is he going to raise the dead? You know, I remember this being discussed when I was a student. Uh, one young fellow, well, he wasn't so young, he was older than we were, and he had not the wit not to try this in a sermon. He was talking about people who had died, had been body cast into the sea. Uh, the, the fish had come and fed in the bodies. Other fish had fed in those fish. People had then eaten those fish. Uh, and, you know, the body dis... How is he going to put it all together? Man, dear, this is one time for you to remember Dr. Paisley's great statement. Just you mind your own business and let the Lord mind his. <laughs> you know, when you get down to it, how did he create it in the first place? I want to tell you, it's no difficulty for God you see, there's nothing difficult for the Lord. That's the thing. He's all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful. When he comes to raise his people and transform them into the image of his own glorified person, to reign on this earth, he'll do it well. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as the Bible tells me I ought to do. And I pray for the coming of the Prince of Peace, who does all things well. But this text, you know, you'll be glad to hear that that's nothing to do with the text. I'm just telling you this is a, a statement that's true in every possible set of circumstances. He does everything well. But the text is certainly concentrating on his work as seen in this healing. The Lord confronted this man's entire need with his complete grace and power. And men and women, if you can get that today, you will be greatly blessed and helped. You come with your entire need, and he will meet it with his complete grace and power.
Specifically, he made the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Now, that's a wonderful miracle. But if that's all you see here, you're missing the point. We're meant to see a whole lot more than that. J.C. Ryle, the first Protestant bishop of Liverpool, uh, said this. He said, we see but half the instruction of this passage if we only regard it as an example of the, our Lord's divine power. It is such an example, beyond doubt. But it's something more than that. And Ryle said this, we must look further deeper and lower than the surface. And we find in this precious passage spiritual truths. Here we are meant to see our Lord's power to heal the spiritually deaf and the spiritually dumb. In other words, this physical healing was a great miracle, but there's a greater healing and a greater miracle intended. You see, deaf ears, just think of this, ears that cannot hear. And I have to be careful when I do that. I remember sitting in a homiletics class here, and I was just sitting down there about uh, two or three rows up from the back, and there's a young fellow up here preaching, and uh, he was quoting the text, I hath not seen nor ear heard, and he said, I hath not seen nor ear heard. <laughs> Man, dear, he was up late last night, so I really have to be careful when I say this. Deaf ears and a disabled tongue express the depths and the extent of human depravity. Because of sin, men are spiritually deaf. They cannot hear the truth of God because they will not hear the truth of God. They're spiritually deaf. And they are spiritually dumb. Like this man, what they say is said with difficulty. Its sound is corrupted and perverted so that the tongue is incapable of the use for which it was created, namely the glorifying of the Lord himself. This is a picture of a sinner. Now let me bring this to you. If you're in this meeting this morning without Christ, listen carefully because you can hear my voice. You can take this Bible, you can read it. You have the intelligence to understand the words in English. There's no particular difficulty in understanding all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no particular difficulty in understanding that the wicked, that's those who have sinned, will be turned into hell. There is no particular difficulty in understanding that it is not by works of your righteousness that you do that you're saved, but only by the mercy and the grace of God. There's no great difficulty in understanding Jesus' words, Come unto me, and I will give you rest, because I came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. You may understand that. When the Bible says Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You understand the phraseology. You understand the statement. But that is a whole eternity away from hearing the truth. Because while you hear... You don't hear. While your eardrums vibrate to the sounds, your heart is death to dead to the truth. What a difference.
between hearing with the hearing of faith and hearing merely with the hearing of the ear. If you're here this morning listening with your ears but dead in your heart toward God and His Christ, this is your picture. And dumb to God, that tongue perhaps can take his name in vain. But where is the use of that tongue to express his glory? You know, the highest, the highest use of the faculty of speech is realized in glory when free from the impediments of sin, our tongue is finally loosed to sing the fullness of the praise and the honor and the majesty of our Creator and our Redeemer. That is its highest use. For every Christian it begins here on earth, but some of you need the string of your tongue to be loosed. In other words, you need to be saved. You need this double miracle. And the good news is, he is able to save to the uttermost them that come unto God by him. There is a day of which Isaiah spoke in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. Isaiah 29, 18. What a beautiful statement. Without getting into the prophetic fullness of that, I would pray that for many that will be this day. A day when the deaf shall hear the words of the book. Hear the book of God. Hear the book of salvation. Hear the truth of Christ. You come into the meeting deaf, oh, that you would hear. As Isaiah goes on to say in the 35th chapter, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Jesus is able to save And when he saves, he saves to the uttermost, to the end, to the fullness. What he does, he does well. Now, I could stop here and have a testimony meeting. And I guarantee you, if people young, middle-aged, and old, from every kind of background, male and female, educated and ill-educated, rich or poor. I don't know how many rich we have, but plenty of poor. And they could all give the same testimony. He has done all things well. I was lost, but Jesus found me. He did it well. I often quote the the psalmist's words that he took us from the dunghill and he put us among princes. He did it well. I was vile, but he cleansed me, and he did it well. I was a child of the devil, and he made me a child of God, and he did it well. I was on the road to hell, and he lifted me and put me on the road to heaven, and he did it well. Thank God what Jesus does is always well done. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. 
We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 